It's opening day, and if you're a guy like Mr. Brown, it might as well be Christmas morning because baseball season is here. We got our friends over at Tomahawk Talk, Mr. Jordan Poole, stopping by to talk all things Braves. We'll hit on the Final Four a little bit and more. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome back once again to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with my boy, Mr. Brown. And are you excited today? Well, I took off work today and tomorrow, so that's probably an understatement. Why would you take off work on a, on a middling Thursday? Because it should be a national holiday. Why? You know why. <laughs> yeah, let, me, let me just hear the, the chop. Let me, let me hear what you got. Let's start the show with that. Just give the me chop. Oh, that's all I'm doing. I know you're excited. Uh, I know I'm excited. Baseball season's here, and I don't have a ton to look forward to because I think my Reds are going to regress, but the Braves are, are going to be in a good position. And we're going to talk a lot about the Braves today. Is that fair? We will, but I, I will give you a good scouting report when I'm at uh, Great American Ballpark on Saturday. I, I appreciate it. You are going to a game, not opening day, but you're going to the, the yeah, first week. Spur you know? of the moment, last minute thing, and uh, I will be the first to say that they did gouge prices. Yep. I'm used to going for like 40 bucks a seat on opening day in Atlanta, and we're sitting between the third base and left field line down the line. $143 a pop. Yeah, like it's it's not cheap. I, I told you I was looking at going on opening day because I, I knew I was off today, and I'm sorry we don't know Sports Nation. I was going to put personal interest above everyone else and go to opening day because I was going to go last year, and we know what happened last year. And I honestly, uh, with limited tickets available, it sucked. I wasn't paying over $200. And uh, honestly, when you look at the weather today, it's snow. It's going to be snowing in Cincinnati. You probably made the right choice. So I'm There's okay always next year. They, they're, they're, As the Cubs fan says for the last uh, hundred years a, the, before the, It is the spring of eternal optimism. That's there where we go. find ourselves. So we, we, we had our fantasy baseball draft this past week, so we got a bunch of people that are kind of invested in the season. Hopefully it lasts. But regardless, I'm just looking forward to the next seven months of just the fresh-cut grass, the dirt, the the sunflower seeds, the home runs, the pitches, everything, man. I'm excited. You hit the nail on the head in the intro, and I was going to bring it up. For me, it legit is like Christmas morning. Like I get the same feeling as as I'm coming out as a kid and I'm looking under the tree to see what goodies are under there. But it's opening day. Every single team, all 30 teams, all fans of those 30 teams have this eternal optimism. Even the Pirates fans love you guys. <laughs> they don't. Think that, you know – we could pull something off here. It's got to click. The team chemistry. We don't know how the team's going to fit together. We might catch lightning in a bottle and a few pitching prospects coming up. Today is the day everyone's excited. And then Ron Darling touched on earlier. Then after day one, you realize the ground's here. And then the shiny toy kind of wears off after day one. <laughs> you run out of batteries quick. And then but your yeah, parents forget to buy them. So today's amazing. You know, and we're mixing it up. Usually we do the show in the evenings and we're actually, it's it's just a little past noon and we're doing the show here. And, you know, we're going to get right into baseball talk. We, we got our friends over at Tomahawk Talk coming on. Really, your friends. I could care less about them. But, yeah. you know, we're going to talk a lot of brave stuff. So we'll get to that here in just a second. But before we do, so just a, a couple things. Big news came out today about Roy Williams down at UNC, right? 
I and, thought it was April Fool's joke at first. So, so you know, we, we've been having fun with April Fool's. We put a couple things up just to try to get people's attention. Facebook will probably ban us for false information once uh, that gets the makes, makes the round, so to speak. Uh, I'm starting to have second thoughts about all that. But uh, anyway, uh, Roy Williams, who uh, is one of, as we talked to uh, Bob Bacosi last week, he informed us he's one of only two coaches that have 300 wins at multiple schools. And he called it a career. And I, I haven't had a chance to get into why. Did he just say he's just done? I think it was or? time, 33 years, he had over 900 wins and three national titles. So, I mean. Not a lot left to prove. Yeah, what else is there? I mean. I, it's it's it, man. You, you're and, a, you're a Hall of Famer. It is what it is. And, and like, let's be honest, North Carolina's not really a powerhouse right at the moment. I mean, don't get me wrong; they're making the tournament. Kids are still going there, but is this something someone at his age really wants to try to build back up right now? So is he leaving it worse than when he got there? Ah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it I'm, was at the elite level, though. It's hard right. not to keep it right, there. right, right. And, and the game's changed so much, but it'll be interesting to see what type of dynamic that changes. And it's been so long since North Carolina had to go out and find a coach. Like, do they make a big splash? Do they go get somebody crazy or what? I already saw the rumors about Rick Patino. That we be, talked about that last week. That would be nuts. Patino that, and UNC. There's no way. There's no way UNC goes and gets Patino. I saw an article already today, uh, and that was within minutes. It of course, is a, it's speculation. It is April 1st. Yeah, it was probably clickbait. <laughs> I didn't so, click on it. <laughs> so, hey, we were doing our brackets, and and I know, uh, Mr. Brown, you're actually still, I think, kind of doing decent. No, uh, I'm not. No, you're not? Okay. I picked Michigan. That's right. You and me both have Michigan. So, And you, uh, UCLA, which Bob talked about. Yeah. I mean, 11 seed broke off. They're the, they're the only school to go from the first four to the final four. I mean, that, that's insane. They shouldn't even be in the tournament. They had to play in just to get into the big dance. That's ridiculous. And, and here they are. But uh, I, I, I'm telling you, it's just a collision course between Gonzaga and Baylor, right? It looks that way. And, and, you know, they were supposed to play in the regular season, and, and it never happened. They kept trying to reschedule it, and Baylor had the COVID issues and whatnot. So this is the main event that we wanted to see. This is like a boxer ducking another boxer because of whatever reasons, and, and they finally get together. It's just instead of Mayweather and Pacquiao fighting eight years after their prime, you actually get them while they're in their prime. So I'm excited. And, and you and I both, we got to see Baylor up close. And we, we actually played Gonzaga as well, WVU. So we saw both teams. Um, but, I mean, I was worried about Gonzaga running the table because when they ha- don't have that loss, you're just worried about the pressure. Yeah, it's, that, it's always in the back of your mind. And I just felt like someone would have upset them in the tournament, but they, they're steamrolling people. It looks to me like they're the clear favorite. After the last game? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I didn't watch all of it. Uh, unless they just have a complete meltdown, I'd say they're obviously the hands-on favorite. But Baylor's no slouch, and they've been solid all year. The, Before the, the COVID hit them, man, they were doing – they were rolling. They they can do a little bit of everything. Baylor Baylor's a scary team. So I mean, honestly, that's where we're at. And I, and I think uh, you know when you look at the the tournament, it's not always about like the best market. You don't have to have the blue bloods in there. If you just like college basketball, Gonzaga and Baylor is going to be a hell of a game. Yeah, boxing wish they had heavyweights like this. I know, right? <laughs> they don't. Once every four years, yeah. you'll get a, a decent fight, I guess. But anyway, March Madness moves on, and and nobody from we don't know sports is going to win the the bracket challenge. It's going to be uh, one of our fans. So somebody's getting a t shirt. Somebody's getting. Some Something, yeah. You know, we'll we'll see what they want. We they have to identify themselves. They use all these code words on their names and whatnot. That's true. It's not regular Bob, but the regular Bob's out. Yeah, because you you posted on there, and I was like, who the hell's regular Bob? I don't know who regular forward. Bob is, and he uh, never did. But it, either way, it, it's uh, it's been a good good carryover for me getting out of football season, getting into March Madness, and then today's opening day. So it, it's a good time to be a sports fan. Absolutely. <laughs> 
So let's bounce back to baseball here a little bit before we get into our, our friends over at Tomahawk Talk. So we, we have an interesting season here because like we were talking earlier about how when we're looking at fantasy purposes, it's so hard to go back to last year and compare because last year's such an anomaly. So for good and bad, it is like you're going to overvalue players and teams and undervalue. Like, was it a one hit wonder thing? I mean, it's, it's hard to say. So th- that being said, what are, what are some of the, the constant themes you think you're going to see this year? We already have a, a COVID game, right? With First day the, of the year. The, the yeah. Mets and the Nats. So that, that's, that's fantastic. But, Snow on opening day. And we got snow. So let's talk long term. So just give me some of the things that you're looking at that you give me. I don't know if they're predictions or just things that you feel like how the season's going to go. Like, just like, what are, what are your thoughts as you look with a, a long lens of the season? How's it going to shake out? I mean, this isn't about predictions, but a few things that I've thought about because of the way the season played out last year without fans and then the shortened season. So I've thought about a couple of things that's popping in my head. So every state and every team's different as far as capacity goes. Right. Um, like down in Texas, they're full full force from the beginning. Um, obviously, California, not as much. Atlanta right now is 25%. Cincinnati's 25%. And we're watching the Yankees and Blue Jays here, and Yankees got some fans, but it's not much. Right. There's, you got like, what? We can see like 15 fans in the background. <laughs> man, man, you're being um, generous. But uh, – <laughs> So then, then I read today that Atlanta's already going to bump it up to 50% capacity in two weeks for the next homestand. So it's going to be interesting to see how these teams try to recoup some of the lost wages from last year and get people coming through the gates. And they have to do it safely and keep the six-foot uh, social distance. But more and more people's getting the shot and the vaccine. So I'm hoping we'll start seeing that jump up. The, the trend is good, at least. Right, right. So that's going to be different, getting fans back in, in the stands and the emotion with the game, which is truly missed last year. Absolutely. Another thing that I thought about was the Astros got off so easy last year with their scandal. Yeah. And with the fans coming back, how ugly is that going to get? I, I don't think people were forgotten. No, they haven't. Uh, it, it's that's a deep burn. That's why lasting. do you think George Springer got the hell out of town? <laughs> he, he, he knows. Well, do you think he's going to be uh, not booed everywhere he goes to? Well, like, he will be. Yeah, he probably won't get it as bad. Like, no, it's not the entire team. He doesn't have to worry about one guy on the team saying something stupid than everybody being a target. Yeah, so I mean, I'm interested to see how the Astros plays out and how they're treated. Which we know how many fights is there going to be because people's going to be getting hit, um, and then also. Kind of like fantasy perspective, but not so much. Jose Jose Altuve last year struggled all year long. You know uh, that firsthand. I, I, yeah, he was he was one of my top draft picks. He sucked. But like the, the season was so short, and by the time the playoffs hit, he started heating up. Right. So had that been the regular season, it would have probably been June. So yeah. who's to say he wouldn't have raked from June to October? Yeah. So yeah. what is he going to do this year? You you don't have time last year to work out of the slump, right? You know, and if you're a hot hitting guy, you know, you might have looked like an MVP last year, but right. it was just a short cycle. You know, it's on the opposite end for me. You got the Florida Marlins. They just kept fighting, coming overcoming obstacles. The worst team hit by COVID last year. They probably ran out there like I think it was sixty something different players or whatever it was. <laughs> they they had it their was, whole farm system. It out was there. crazy. So they used everybody they had on their roster. Um, but so obviously they snuck in the playoffs and they even won their first series against the Cubs. But if you're asking any professional out there, it's probably between them and the Phillies and East who's going to finish last place. Right. So it's like that's crazy because again, the same team. You can you can have a good run for sixty games, right, and still finish fifteen or twenty games below five hundred. 
You know, it's just it's a long season, and you know you're going you're going to see you know the COVID issues pop up from time to time. But you know, I think ultimately it seems like they learned a lot last year and figured out how to get a good control on everything. But I think I think it's going to be more textbook when you look at your Dodgers, your Yankees, your Braves. You know, I, the Padres, like everybody loves them, but like, are they are they going to make the step? You know, they should, but you know, until you walk the walk, how do you know? I feel like like they're crowning them too early, like kind of what you're saying. Because I was reading today on the power rankings, they had Dodgers, Padres second, then Yankees, then Braves. I don't really have a problem with the Dodgers or the Yankees ahead of the Braves, but I do have a problem with the Padres because I feel like they should be at least fourth. Because they haven't done anything. They haven't done anything. But so, you know what? It's power rankings. It's just some. Not some, that it matters. You it, still got to play yeah. the game. But you know, fans get fired up over power rankings. Uh, anybody else in the AL going to give the Yankees trouble? Uh, I like the White Sox. I mean, that, that's. But again, they're kind of like the Padres. They are. Uh, I like LaRue. A lot of people don't like LaRusso there. I do. Because he is the calming force there. He's it, been there. He's done it. I'm hoping his experience will show these young guys that we're here to win big ball games. I think it's a good fit. I like it. Personally. Like, I. I I mean, we'll see, you know, but but I, I think from the outside looking in, it might be what kind of um, bonds them together. And, and I, you know, I, I'd be excited to see the White Sox do well because I like their team. I like their players. I like them because of their pitching. I feel like Giolito can match up with anybody. Yep. So if they matched up in a seven-game series, he'd be going against Cole, and I feel like those would be very good games. Hell yeah. Um, I like Dallas Keiko as a veteran presence in the rotation, and that young lineup's freaking outrageous. And you got Grandall, and you got Abreu, who's MVP, reigning MVP. So they're stacked. Like, And the Twins are a good team, but I feel like it's the Yankees, and I feel like it's the White Sox, and I feel like the Astros could be, but their pitching's kind of – it's a little now. suspect. With Grinky being your ace now, I just don't I'm not feeling it. I mean, it's not that their pitching's bad. It's just not elite like right. it used to be. And that's what we've been seeing out of right. the Astros for the past five years is they've had elite pitching. Now they don't. So what I would love to see is some 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 breath of fresh air out of uh the Angels and somehow get some pitching to get try to playoff. This appearance. is at least get him in the playoffs. They don't have to win a damn series. Let's just let him get into a series and let him like actually look good on a national stage. I'd love to see Otani stay healthy and be a full two-way player the whole season long cuz I'd like to see what he could do in He the looked good season. in the spring, didn't he? He had like five home runs as a hitter and his uh pitching looked good too. So, I mean, I would love to see what would happen if he maintains his health for a whole season and see where the angels are because he has ace like stuff but he can't play he hasn't been able to put it together all right so not to put you on the spot here but let me ask you this if there was one big surprise not saying you're going to say this is going to happen but you wouldn't be surprised if it did happen one crazy thing that might happen this year that might come out of left field for most fans but you could possibly see happening any it, it could be a, a player having an MVP campaign it could be a team making the playoffs that not a lot of people expect but they might just put it together anything out of the ordinary that wouldn't surprise you as much as it might surprise everybody else hmm that's a tough one I, I first thing that pops in my head and I know you're not for this I fully believe that Yelich is going to be back in the MVP conversation this year just my opinion I, I'm one of those for last year. I'm not believing the 60-game season with him. You don't go from one of the best players going for triple crown just to fall off the face of the earth in one year. Just my opinion. He'll be there. Uh, he, he was coming off that injury, too. Right. You know? I mean, that's tough. Short-season uh, injury. Like I said, I feel like if Giolito won the AL Cy Young, it wouldn't surprise me. Over Cole. I'm trying to think what else. A name to watch in Houston 
is Framber Valdez. Uh, go on. No, I mean he he's got str- electric electric stuff. So he struck out like a hundred hitters last year in like seventy innings. So that's he, that's pretty good. He's gonna be a stud. Um, <laughs> and then I'm trying to think what else we could say here. <laughs> we can edit this out. Any anybody uh, that's gonna fall off a cliff? Anybody who had a phenomenal year last year, you feel like is just gonna completely just dissipate into nothing. I wouldn't say dissipate to nothing, but as a Braves fan, I am scared to death for Ozuna because now he has to play left field. There's no DH. And how many times are they going to have to sub him out late games because he's so bad in the field? I mean, he's, he's going to have way less at bats this year. That's spider, man. It's terrible. <laughs> I, I still cringe thinking of that Titanic song when he when he was in yeah, St. Louis and you he's holding on to the wall. Oh. I just, I, he's going to fall off, and that scares me. I think they still got enough. I mean, it, it, you never know. They might find a, a rotation with their outfield that works where he doesn't have to be out there a lot. You know, it can be just a situational thing. And, you know, I, I was surprised they brought him back. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we're going to talk to our buddies over at Tomahawk Talk in a minute. Right. I'm sure we'll elaborate on that. But uh, either way, guys, we hope you're excited for the baseball season. We are, even though we're in the man cave with the heat on and it's like in the 30s today, which absolutely sucks. Toasty in here, though. But, uh, yeah, it's nice and toasty in here. So, anyway, let's, let's, let's hear from our boys over at Tomahawk Talk. Next segment. <laughs> Gentlemen, since it's opening day and we're back with baseball, we're reaching out across the We Don't Know Sports Nation and online we found a fantastic group. Mr. Brown, I know you like this group, right? Absolutely. And it is the Tomahawk Talk, and they are diehard Atlanta Braves, everything about the Braves, all about it. And we got Mr. Jordan Poole joining us, who represents the the group, and we're going to talk all things Braves. Jordan, how are you doing today, brother? What's up, man? It's a national holiday. Uh, Uh, Happy holidays to you guys. That's exactly what we were talking about earlier. We were referencing uh, it might as well be Christmas morning, right? <laughs> For us baseball fans, it is just uh, just about the same. So, you know, it's always interesting when the season starts. We're watching a couple games early. We were mentioning it before we started that there's snow in Detroit. And, you know, Cabrera hits a home run and can't tell if he even goes out of the ballpark because there's so much snow happening. And, and you know, in some places it'll be okay. But, you know, the, the Braves are, are ready to get uh, started here just shortly, momentarily. But, you know, we're going to try to get all this done so we can all enjoy watching baseball. But tell everybody a little bit about Tomahawk Talk. What, what is all that about? And what are you guys doing with the, the group? Well, guys, thanks for having me. You know, uh, Tomahawk Talk was born from the ideas of having a Braves baseball page that would be like a family away from the house. Facebook had become really big for sports in general, uh, whether it be watching games live, dissecting games, Monday morning quarterbacking games. And then if you've been on the official Braves board, you've just seen a lot of mass, uh, a bunch of people, um, a lot of non-fans of the team. One day we saw a post, a guy named Greg Hart, um, do a uh, family-oriented group where we don't have any of this mess. There was about 10 or 15 of us in a chat around from the official group, and we all got together one day, and Greg said, I'm going to build this group. So he started out and said, wouldn't it be cool if we had some pros in there? Started reaching out to some Braves alumni that he knew or that he knew of people who knew, and we got it built. Uh, two seasons ago, right before COVID. And 
you know, I went to a hundred members pretty quickly. And the next thing you know, we're sitting here two years later with 20,000 members. Mm. That's miraculous growth. And the, the one thing for people watching the video, if you hear any background noise, we just want to say Jordan's kind enough to join us while on vacation. He's in Colonial Williamsburg, so if you hear any muskets fire or anything like that, it's not us, we promise. But, uh, you know, that's, that's amazing that you all gained that many followers that quickly, so it shows that you're doing something right. But let me, let me ask you real quick about the alumni because that's the one thing I've noticed and, and equally impressed by because, as Mr. Brown was telling you earlier, we interact with a lot of different, uh, you know, fan pages or groups out there that are supporting different teams. And the one thing about Tomahawk Talk, is it's not just one or two guys. There's a lot of former players that are kind of associated with you guys. So who are some of those guys? Well, and I'll answer that question too, but it even goes more than the players. It's, it's Braves players' families and Braves staff. Uh, the Freeze is in there. Uh, one of the, the organists for the Braves is in there. You know, one of the one of the main security officers is in there. One of the main Braves photographers is in there. So it, it goes well beyond the players, both prospects and uh, retired players, former Braves. But I think your most common names that you're going to see are uh, Steve Avery's in there. Uh, Otis Nixon's in there. Um, Charlie Culberson was in there at one point. I'm not sure if he is still in there. I know we've got several Freeman members um, from the Freeman family that are in there. We've got Denny Nagel, uh, Mark Rollers. Um, oh, a bunch of old guys. I mean, a bunch of these legendary guys from the 90s that most of the 20,000 in that group grew up loving and, and watching on the diamond. You got to love the nostalgia because that's the thing I was saying, like from the time I grew up watching baseball, not being a, a Braves fan. Sorry, Braves fans listening. I'm a Reds fan. You all got us last year, so congratulations. Uh, but, you know, it, it's 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 kind of a trip down memory lane because these are all guys that, you know, I'm very familiar with and I'm not even in that circle of Braves fans. So it shows how, how powerful that group is. And it's no wonder you guys are doing as well as you are because you've been able to tie in so many of these legacy type players that are still associated with the organization. But I uh, are you going to get Ted Turner involved at all? Like you need to bring him in the fold, right? And, uh, Hey, we're always open to recruiting more people. If Ted is on social media, we'll look him up. All right. I got well, it. Only if he brings the Buffalo steaks. <laughs> hey, I, I like a good <laughs> Buffalo steak, man. Uh, now, I, we I, got going back to the group. We got people from, I think it's 15 different countries that are in Tomahawk. This is not just the Southern uh, Atlanta, Georgia thing. This is from all over one of our, most active admins, uh, Amir Ali, all the way from Compton, California, one of the biggest Brave fans you'll meet in our page. He rocks his Braves gear in L.A. all the time. So, uh, And just to speak about our alumni, we get on their space, too. You know, uh, you know, we want people blowing everybody up and, and mentioning them and tagging them and everything. But they're fans, too, you know. They're, they're fans, too. I mean, we look we look about the same age. So, I mean, I think it's not just a Southern thing. Everyone grew up watching them on TBS back when it was on cable TV. You had the Cubs on WGN, the Braves on TBS. So, you had Braves fans all over. Like, we're, we're in West Virginia, and I've been watching the Braves with my grandparents since the late 80s during the Del Murphy days. So, that's, that's how I started watching them. And once I pick a team – I stick with that team no matter how bad or how good it is. They're my team, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm here for the duration. Yep. Um, you know, that was my story. I'd come home from school every day. I'd watch Saved by the Bell, and then I'd catch the Braves <laughs> game. You, know? you know, you guys probably both did too. And, you know, from that intro music to uh, the last out, we were hooked. 
my first Braves game was 1987 versus the Chicago Cubs that I was in person for. I'm 40, so I, I was, you know, uh, six at the time. And there were more Cubs fans in the stadium than Braves fans. This was at Old Fulton County Stadium. Yeah. Dale Murphy was still there towards the end of his career. Uh, but our best player was, um, you know, probably somebody like Ozzie Virgil, you know, the catcher that I met back then. So you know, I, I remember going to those games and seeing those real life superstars on TV that I'd seen on TV in person and just being in awe over it. Please tell me you're not watching the Saved by the Bell reboot. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll say that for another podcast, but I will tell you, man, once I heard about once I heard about Screech passing away, it was like the nostalgia of my childhood, man. Uh, that one hurt. That was rough. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Yeah. I just got to know, are you a Kelly Kapowski, Jesse Spano, or, or Lisa Turtle? Like, who, which, which one do you go with? If, if anyone says they're not Team Kelly, then I've got to question everything that they think about uh, the, the, the female that, that's an appropriate uh, response. Theory. That's appropriate response. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 just, we like to vet our guests to make sure you're not insane. That's all. Team Kelly, all the way. <laughs> all right. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming season. So, you know, what what are your thoughts on, on the Braves coming into this? We know last year you guys had every opportunity to, to bring home that title, and it didn't happen. And so I don't hate the Braves. I hate the Dodgers, but I did get a little bit of hate for the Braves last year because I hate the Dodgers so much that so it's your all's fault they have a ring. So thanks for that. But tell me, tell me, what are your thoughts coming into this season? Before you jump into that, he's bitter because we had a bet for the series, and he had to change his profile pick for a week uh, of the dude pissing on the Reds logo, yeah. the Braves guy. So he's Ooh. mad because I tried telling him, uh, you can't hold down this lineup. They did a pretty good job, but uh, it just you know they couldn't score. How many how many innings did you not score? I, I don't think we had any hits. Almost it was how like, many I mean, how many uh, innings? I think we had like five hits in two games. It was right. it was bad. I wanted to get that out yeah. there. I mean, God bless Trevor Bauer. He did his best. <laughs> yeah, he he can't hit. I mean, that's why we lost. If Bauer could hit, <laughs> we we might we might have been all right. But uh, that's so, right. So let me let me move past those pain points. Let's focus on the Braves and not my damn misery. So <laughs> let's let's talk about from last year to now. Uh, is there is there yeah. high optimism? What what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think so. I think every Braves fan uh, goes into the offseason wondering where's that big signing going to be? Where's that big trade? We've been hearing for ten years almost how good our farm system is and you know full and well not every single one of them is going to be a star and can be a star. So when are we going to use those pieces and go get somebody? But I think priorities going into the offseason was we've got to bring back Marcelo Zuna. Got to. You know, Freddie Freeman has been an MVP candidate for the last five or six years. Won the MVP in large part due to Marcelo Zuna being in the lineup. So I think you know, I, I'm not sure any Braves fan expected us to be in the position we were in last year and take the Dodgers to seven games, but they expected themselves to be there. And we knew we were going to be good, but I don't think anyone knew how good Max Fried was going to be, how good Ian Anderson was going to be, how good Mark Melanson, Shane Green, and all those guys were going to be. So I think they, in a way, overachieved. If you look at the preseason rankings every year, it's the Nationals, the Phillies, the Mets. And somewhere the Braves fall second or third or fourth in that ranking. And I, I remember seeing that posted in Tomahawk Talk multiple times last year. Is 
oh, they're picking us, you know, 10 games over 500 to finish third again. And uh, this young group, they, they, they just they thrive off each other, the young, the, the energy that they bring. How much you can tell they all love each other. I, I remember uh, I'm drawing a blank on who it was that talked about his time in Atlanta. It might have been Matt Joyce talking about his time in Atlanta and just talking about how it's the most fun he's ever had playing baseball. And you can see that. And they just love playing together. If you've ever had one of those jobs that you go to, like maybe you guys are this way. You just love what you do. And you you come into work every day and you succeed because you like what you do. And that's where the the 2020 Braves were last year. And God, if our country didn't need it. I agree with you 100%. They overachieved because, like, for one, when you see Soroka go go down as early as he did, you're like, well – there's our ace. What do we do now? But we had so many unproven guys. We had Freed, who who had showed promise, but can he keep putting it together consistently? And Anderson wasn't even up yet. So we don't know what we're going to get out of him coming up from the minor leagues. Well, they didn't even have the minor leagues last year. So <laughs> he, he's okay. still considered rookie of the year this year, potentially, because he didn't get the innings in last year. Ozuna was worried. I was worried about Ozuna because he was coming off a few down years, and would he continue to rake? And the fact we go seven games probably should have beat the Dodgers and went no, to the no, World no, Series. No, not probably. You should have beat the Dodgers. No, you but I'm with you. I was shocked we was in the situation. But top to bottom, that lineup's like a lineup I've never seen before. Like there was no easy outs. And then even then when Duval went down, we had to throw Pache in there, and he held his own great defensively. But that's a lot to put on a young kid to show up in NLCS and say – Go do it. He's. I mean, it was kind of an Andrew Jones moment, but you know, we just kept waiting. You know. So, so real quick, just because the lineup is essentially the same, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like, like everybody's back uh, except for uh, Duvall. Uh, right. But cool. when you when you talk about the the pitching uh, from top to bottom, from your your bullpen down to your starters, is the pitching going to be better this year? Do you think? Well, I think one thing that you've got this year you didn't have last year, you've got two solid veterans. You've got Charlie Morton coming back home, which I couldn't be more excited about. And you've got a guy like Drew Smiley, who uh, when he came up was a, a star rookie coming up when he was coming up, and then injuries got in the way. And he was phenomenal last year uh, with the Giants. So I think it's hard to say. I think it is going to be a better year for Braves pitching this year than last year. And uh, as an admin of Tomahawk Talk, guys, I can't tell you how bad the page was the night that Soroka <laughs> tore his Achilles. Hey, I had him on my uh, fantasy team. He was my ace, uh, him and Garrett Cole. And I was, <laughs> I was, I still won the league, damn it. No thanks to Soroka. Yeah. God bless you. I hope you get better and you're pitching soon. <laughs> hey, pitch yesterday. So we're, we're excited to have him back. But, you know, when, when he went down and everyone knew from the moment he went down that he was done for the year. And everyone counted them out but them. You know, they they believed they had it. And you're right. Even at that time, we didn't have Ian Anderson. You look in the playoffs, and we started Bryce Wilson in in game five of the NLCS. We started A.J. Minter in one of those games. Like, we didn't have a Charlie Morton. We didn't have a Drew Smiley. We didn't have a Mike Soroka. And these guys are a year older. Right. Uh, So, yeah, I, I, I do think. The bullpen, not sure about as far as success. And I know you guys might get to that. From top to bottom, I'd take this year's pitching over last year. But starter definitely outweighs our bullpen, in my opinion, at this point. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of worried about 
I figure we're going to be mix and match, and we kind of talked about it earlier, uh, Will Smith and Chris Martin, based on uh-huh. the ninth inning uh, lineup. But I can't believe they let Melanson walk for $3 million to the Padres and because there was no clear-cut answer that he's even going to close for the Padres because they haven't even named a closer yet. So why not bring the guy back? Because he had so many big uh, situations last year for us, and he was cheap. I don't get that one. Yeah. I, uh, no, I didn't either. I loved the shark. You know, I loved him. And there were, I read some rumors that AA had focused in on Trevor Rosenthal. And that was his guy. That was going to be his guy. And Oakland came in at the last minute and gave him more money. But between Melanson and Shane Green, to not have brought either one of those back, you know, what can you say? They're not paying me to make those moves. But I, I was certainly with Melanson's success. And you'd have been paying him less. He was making $14 million last year. You'd have paid him less money to come back. So I'm with you. It, it was very un-Oakland alike to come in and swoop in and pay Rosenthal $11 million. <laughs> But Oakland don't do that with closers. So I don't no. know what the hell they were doing. They don't. They they find guys like Ziegler and like Hendricks and Trinan. Train uh, you know, they just throw guys in there that no one else wanted and they turn them into all-stars. So, so pick up Rosenthal for your fantasy team. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so with that being said, we talk about some teams, you know, they're going to spend money. Then you got other teams that have been real active with trades and whatnot. And uh, with the biggest trade that happened here in the off season, the Braves were were linked multiple times to potentially be a suitor for Nolan Arenado. So, given the circumstances on where you guys are at now, what your team is, are you happy it didn't happen, or do you have second thoughts about maybe you wish you would have brought him in? Uh, I'm happy they didn't bring him in. Uh, you know, I uh, if if twenty if Nolan Arenado is twenty six, maybe, but we've got to sign Freddie Freeman, and we've got to give Freddie Freeman that Nolan Arenado money, and we're not the Cardinals, we're not the Cubs, we're not the Mets or the Phillies. We we have to play a little bit smarter than they do. So yeah, I mean, as a fan and the nostalgia, I'd love to have a Nolan Arenado at third base, be like Trot and Chipper Jones out there again, but. You know, I would much rather go with Austin Riley at third and save that money to lock up Freeman or bring in some bullpen help. So, so speaking of contracts, what type of witchcraft are you guys doing to lock guys like Acuna and Albies up for the chump change y'all signed them for? What what kind of sorcery is this? Chad, I try not to even talk about those contracts, man, because I, I'm afraid we're going to get some. Uh, some savants to come out there and talk them out of those contracts. And just when, when I thought the, the Albies contract was bad, I saw Acuna's numbers come up and I'm thinking that we've got those two locked up for 17 years for like half of what the Mets are paying Lindor for the next 10. Right. Right. It's, it's, I don't know who their agents are now. Far be it for me to turn down a hundred million dollars to play a game. But um, yeah, I mean, savvy, savvy, savvy. Uh, GM moves there by AA. I, I was actually down in Atlanta two years ago when Acuna signed that $100 million deal, whatever it was. I was down there for the Cubs home opener, and I remember that I had just left the clubhouse store, and we went back down there like a couple hours later, and they were like, Acuna was just in here buying a bunch of gear after he signed that deal. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And a woman, sure enough, showed me a picture of her and Acuna and getting a hug and everything, and I was like, it's so crazy because – I couldn't believe the numbers when I saw it go across on ESPN either. No, and you you, you got to imagine 
a life for these guys that are coming over and playing professional baseball 18, 19, and 20. And they're not making a lot of money. They're making nothing in the minor leagues. So it is kind of smart to get those guys and lock them up early like that. And it's a win for them, too. Acuna will be a free agent again at, what, 31? So – like he's going to get paid, so it's a win-win. You know, he gets a hundred million dollars to play baseball, and he'll get to sign another massive contract in nine years. I mean, it's a calculated risk. I mean, the the difference is, you know, they're still getting you know eighty, a hundred million dollars, where guys like Tatis and Lindor are upwards of three hundred million. But let's say if injuries happen, they fall off a cliff, something like that. At least you're not tied to it as much as as somebody. Okay. You're not on a pool holes contract, you know. But, man, I, that transitions to where you're at now. You mentioned earlier, you got to take care of Freddie. So, like, okay. how's that going to go? Like, the Braves are not going to be that team that's going to give a $300 million contract. So, what is Freddie Freeman getting? What does that look like? And, and is there a chance he walks away? You know, most people seem to think there's no chance Freddie Freeman walks away. And uh, I'm more of a realist on that front. If you read the recent report, talking about how bad he misses his family back in California. And Freddie's a California guy. So we just lost one of our top executives to the Angels. He's from the West Coast. He's going to get paid. He's got a family to take care of, too. But if I'm AA, I'm not leaving any card on the table when it comes to Freeman. I, I think you're going to see something for Freddie, uh, like a 5-150, uh, $30 million a year, Five years, $150 million from Atlanta's side. Uh, what he's expecting or going to ask for, I haven't heard that yet. But I know he mentioned the other day, he, he and his agent haven't even heard from the Braves on an offer. So and I don't know what they're doing. That, that's got to worry us as Braves fans, the fact that they haven't even sat down at the table yet to just start is this talking. His la- is this his last year? Yeah, contract? he's done after this year. Yeah. And- yeah. Yeah. You know, if you if you remember hearing the old Chipper Jones stories with John Sherholtz, Chipper Jones never went into an opening day without knowing what his next contract would be. You know, and, and Chipper always told that that story about how he knew he was going to finish his career with Atlanta because every year when he was said to be a free agent, Sherholtz would come and they'd get a deal done. And I, and it's a different day and age. Freddie is your cornerstone, but he's also what thirty one now, about to be thirty two. So. And to, uh, AA, for he's there to win. He's not there to you know make the fans happy. He's there to put a winner on the field. All that to say, I do think they will resign him, and I do think it will be a five-year, $150 million deal. Any chance it happens during the season, or do we have to play this game in the offseason before free agency starts? Yeah, offseason. Yeah, I, 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 Freddie, Freddie to me seems like that guy that you, you don't – you don't do negotiations during the season. He seems to be a guy that wants to be laser focused. It needed to get done prior to Chelsea having the twins, prior to Chelsea having the boys. That's when it needed to get done in the offseason. So really no incentive for Freeman to to sign at this point, especially if he has another MVP year, which we all expect. Um, That's just going to make he, that price gotten, go up. Uh, it, exactly. And, and, you know, Hopefully, hopefully the DH is coming to the National League, and you know, a thirty-seven-year-old Freddie Freeman doesn't look so bad anymore. <laughs>
I would have never said that about the DH because I'm a National League guy and I've always been anti-DH. But then I was like, man, this is pretty sweet having Azuna sitting there hitting third and the DH. His ass don't have to be on the field. We don't have to watch him try to be Spider-Man and climb on the left field wall. I was like, I like it, but then it does take away from strategy. But who really wants to watch that pitcher out there flinging and trying to do what he does? You're but changing your tune. Man. I am a little bit. I, this is a homerism thing. That's all it is. Same thing with uh, if you follow fantasy. Fantasy baseball, Zach Gallon. You know Zach Gallon. I know. I dr- he's on my fantasy, fantasy team. He's got a freaking broken arm or hairline fracture. I guess. From taking batting practice or something crazy like that. So, uh, Greg, I'm with you, man. I, I was a hardcore National League guy. You know, I, I would have never gone for it. And then last year, I was kind of like, huh, yeah, this ain't so bad. You know. Uh, I'm disappointed it, it, in both yeah. of you for the record. I just want you to know. It's, it's not so bad. You know, you, you, I don't, some of these new rules that baseball's coming out with are idiotic, but um, I, 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 let me say this. I think both leagues should do the same one way or the other. But unless you're Madison Bumgarner or Bartello Cologne, no one wants to see you hit. Which of the new rules do you hate the most? Well, I did not like – you talk about the DH. I did not like the runner starting on second in, in extra innings. You know, to me, that gives me heart palpitations right off the bat. <laughs> You're right. And, <laughs> you know, it's a, you, you, you barely – you don't even get the ball out of the infield to score a run. And so that that's the one that I dislike the most. But uh, the, the other one I don't like is I don't like the three batter minimum. I know, I know for baseball purists probably like it. Uh, or probably don't like it, and that's kind of where I am. I like the being able to take a, a pitcher out and go to your guy and do mono and mono. Yeah, and if you screw up and you make the wrong decision too early and you got nothing left in the tank, that's the manager's fault. That's right. That's right. I mean, yeah, I, I'm with you. If a manager wants to empty out his bullpen, batter for batter, that's on him, and then you might have a position player or a starter on a few days rest having to go out there. That's part of the game. Hey, then again, this is how we end up with damn all-star game ties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, you a, a manager can put a batter in anytime he wants. You know, he he doesn't have to pinch hitter doesn't have to hit three times in a game. So uh, I I can't keep I I don't mind seeing it in the minor leagues. I think it adds to a little bit of the element of the game in the minor leagues. It's fun. Everyone wants to go and drink a beer and uh, you know watch some funny stuff. But I love some thirsty Thursdays you know. at the single A ballpark. Absolutely. All right, let's let's go some rapid fire here. So I'm gonna hit you quick here. Will the Braves win the NL East? Absolutely. Will there be a wild card out of the NL East? Yes. Who do you think? Mets. If you had to pick a last team in the East, who would it be? Phillies. See, I, I told you it's between the Phillies and, and the, the Marlins. Marlins. Yeah. All right, so will the Braves reach the NLCS again? Uh, yeah, Martin Health, I think they do get back there. Versus the Dodgers or the Padres? From LA again. There you go. Yeah. Will we have the yeah. same result or will we finally get to see a World Series appearance? I'm, I'm going to give you a caveat. All right. The Braves, make, the Braves make the big trade deadline move for the piece they need, they will. If the Braves stand pat, Dodgers take it. That's right. my take. Any prediction on what that piece may end up being? But I don't think it'll be a starting pitcher. Uh, I I could see it being uh, a guy like um, I'm, I'm trying to think of somebody in the Arenado mold, somebody that Trevor Story 
you know, getting a guy like Trevor Story and moving him around or moving Dansby to third and putting a Trevor Story in at shortstop, that extra bat. I think a lot depends on what Rally does, you know. If if Rally don't show up, then uh, we're going to have to do something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because third base is not as deep as it used to be. There's not a lot of great third basemen out there. So, you know, I I think you could see Seager from Seattle. I think you could, I kind of thought they might even give Michael Franco a run who used to kill us for the Phillies. Right. And he was left on side recently. So I think that they, they're going to be in contention if they make that move around the deadline to get their guy, whoever that's going to be. I think that's going to be enough. They know how to win. They've been there. They got that letdown last year of letting it go. And don't get me wrong. San Diego and LA are loaded, but. You got to play the game on the field, not on paper. So the Braves or the Dodgers, let's say the NL's in the World Series here. Is there any AL team you feel like could hang with the Braves or the Dodgers from the AL perspective? The team I liked out of the AL last year, and they kind of let me down, was the White Sox. I look at I look at Chicago White Sox and think, man, what a nasty team. But now with Jimenez going down, I'm not sure you know where that puts them. Um, I think the Yankees are going to be better this year. You know, they, they, they got Jermon, I think is his last name, killing it in spring training. He was out all last year. Tyone's looking like 2018 Tyone for them. Corey Kluber's looking good for them. And then they're going to rake. So I think the Yankees and uh, watch out for Toronto too. I think Toronto's a lot like the Padres. They gotta, they gotta take the next step, walk the walk. Although the Padres are right. a hell of a lot more money. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. My last question for the rapid fire, which we didn't get so rapid there toward the end, but yeah. that's okay. I appreciate the, uh, the, the dialogue. Uh, what's the record going to be? What's the Braves record? Yeah. I'm going to say it's 162 games. I don't think they're going to crack 100. I'm going to do. I'm going to do 93 and 50. We don't have to do the math. 93 wins. 93 I was going to ask, you, I was going to ask 95 or more. I was curious. What do you think, Mr. I'd go under. I'd go under. I'm going full homer mode. I'm going 100 wins and 62 losses. That's just because it's easy math. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so yeah. uh, is there any shout-out you want to give out to the group, uh, any any guys that helps you besides Greg that m- makes it happen? And Do you have any uh, autograph signings coming up? Yeah, anything exciting out there. Shout-out yeah. to the group. So uh, just, I mean, Greg, Greg Harp and Kenny Matthews, those guys put more time and energy into this Facebook group uh, than anybody has, and they deserve all the credit for what they've done several ways. Most recently, it was a Denny Nagel signed ball and a Steve Avery signed ball. And I don't know if y'all heard that story, but Greg got uh, a rug pulled out from under him by some guy trying to sell him a fake ball. So, no, what, yeah, what, happened? what to, happened there? Yeah, he was he was buying a ball to do a giveaway for the group, and he, he got a ball that was supposedly signed by Avery to give away from eBay. And leave it, lo and behold, Steve Avery came and told Greg, he said, man, I didn't sign that. That's not my signature. So, yeah, we had to do an eBay return on that. But Steve said, hey, I'll sign a ball and we'll get it to whoever you want it to. Hey, that's a uh, good fact the, checker to have, though. Hey, that's, 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 right. a, that's a reliable source. Is, uh, <laughs> can you imagine trying to go back and tell if you actually signed something or not? I mean, I, I, that's just beyond me. I don't know if I'd be able to tell that. 
That's a that's a great authentication uh, ha- thing to have. Ask the guy. You know, you got him. So, um, yeah, right. absolutely. Well, man, we we appreciate you coming on the show. I mean, it's been a blast. We love talking baseball, and I don't want to keep you too long because we know the game's about to start. Are you going to watch while you're in Williamsburg there? I mean, are you going to put the family on the back burner? It is opening day. I'm just curious. So I got the app on my phone teed up. No matter where we'll be, I'll have it on. Thank God for technology. And hosting the group and featuring this group. And, again, Greg and Kenny have done a lot of work, and we're very appreciative. And we look for more people to come and join us to help us spread the word. Well, Chop on, baby. Uh, Chop on, baby. All right, brother. We appreciate you. Have a wonderful time in Williamsburg. And, you know, I agree. I, I'll re- remissly say go Braves, I guess. <laughs> all right, Chad. Go Reds, man. We'll get you one. Ah, there we go. I appreciate it. Much love. All right. Have a good one, man. Bye-bye. All right, that's it for the show. I got nothing else. We already did our interview. Baseball season started. We ain't got time to do pop culture today. We're just going to enjoy the season. I hope you guys do as well. Be sure to tune in next week. We got more guests. Just go to YouTube and type in Nutty Buddy. You'll see what we got. It should be a fun conversation. But the games are back on, so I got to go. This has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. We'll see you next week. Have a good weekend. Enjoy baseball. Enjoy baseball.